that's it, I've had it. I only ever try to do the right thing and each and every time God puts obstacles in my road. Have you ever thought that? Sure you have. So have I. That's why today we're going to take a look at those God-ordained setbacks and delays. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Yep, today, setbacks and delays. Sensation. And yet, no matter what twists and turns we face, God is always up to something good. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about my special edition book. It's called Eliminating Stubborn Sin Once and For All. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help you do just that. Become one of the captives whom Jesus came to set free. There's something about kicking off a new week. It's a small version of kicking off a new year, I guess, that sense of anticipation, the idea that, well, maybe this week things will be different. And yet for many, it's the same old, same old, the same old drudgery, the same old difficult people and difficult circumstances seemingly going nowhere. It's not that life's all that bad. It's just that you had these plans of doing this or or achieving that or being there or whatever it is, And none of those things seem to be happening. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had plans to do this good thing for God or or that good thing for God, only to have those plans thwarted. And, And you know, the really amazing thing, people often say to me, wow, Bernie, your ministry's so successful, as though somehow success is a relevant measure of what God's doing. And these days when that happens, I stop and I don't know what to say. Well, I do know what to say, But I think to myself, what's the point? What I really want to say to this person who looks at this ministry of Christianity Works that produces these radio messages and thinks of it as some overnight success, where where were you when the ministry almost folded at least a dozen times? Where were you when nobody could be paid a salary because there was no income coming in? Where were you during those incredibly difficult times when, when we kept slogging away and slogging away and we just weren't moving forward. Oh, and by the way, let me tell you about the challenges and the trials that we're facing right now. Hello? It seems the further we are away from the reality of something, the more that we're on the outside rather than on the inside of something, the more likely we are to look at the good bits. Yeah, we'll take the good bits any day, while completely ignoring the challenges and the problems and the delays and the setbacks. And the more often we do that, the more likely we are to develop this completely unrealistic expectation that whatever we set our hand to should be an overnight success. You're getting the point, right? And I sit here now chatting with you. I can tell you that there are challenges that I'm facing, challenges so big that unless God shows up, we're going to fail. That's often the reality. And yet we behave as though that's something abnormal because we've been conditioned to believe in this crazy notion of overnight success. Last week, if you were able to join me, we spent some time on the road with Moses over his rather long 120-year life, 40 years living as Pharaoh's son, effectively, in wealth and luxury in Egypt. Then, because he had to flee for his life, another 40 years tending a flock of sheep way out beyond the wilderness. 
So that takes him to age 80 when God finally called Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And then after a pretty spectacular departure through the Red Sea, another 40 years leading a grumbling, complaining people through that very same wilderness only to die just before being able to lead them into the promised land. Have a listen to what Moses had to say to God about the whole affair of leading the people of Israel through the wilderness through these 40 years. Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 to 15. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry, and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servants so badly? Why have I not found favour in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive these people? Did, Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a suckling child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I going to get meat to give to these people? For they came weeping to me and they say, give us meat to eat. I'm not able to carry all these people alone, for they're too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, put me to death at once, if I have found favour in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. Yeah, obviously Moses was having a whole lot of fun along the journey, right? <laughs> not so much. And yet, when someone mentions the name of Moses these days, we think of this great leader, one of the A-list characters of the Bible, without ever giving much thought to the coal-faced realities of the setbacks and the delays and the challenges and the frustrations that Moses faced. Lots of them for very long periods of time. So when these setbacks, delays, difficulties, trials hit us, we act all surprised as though something's wrong, as, as though if we were truly in God's will, it'd be all plain sailing, a smooth ride, no bumps or twists or turns. But that is, quite simply not how God operates. So just in case you're going through one of those difficult times and and just in case you're acting all surprised, have a listen to this word from God to you today. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. Think about it. God didn't even spare his own son from fiery trials, from being misunderstood, from being rejected by the religious establishment, from the crowds that had followed him, amazed at the power of his words and his miracles, from those crowds turning on him and in the end, shouting, crucify him. Setbacks, delays, trials, temptations, inexplicable as they may be at the time, are a normal part of following Jesus. They just are. And the sooner we get that, the better things are going to be. To be honest with you, patience is perhaps the hardest lesson that I have had to learn since giving my life to Jesus a good many years ago now. The hardest lesson. 
I'm just not a patient kind of guy. I, I think quickly, I act quickly, I, I even walk quickly. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Of course, there's an upside to having that sort of personality type. The upside is that I get a lot done. The upside is that if you need someone to crash through some brick walls, then I'm your man. And yes, we need some people in the mix who are like that. But the downside is that I can be very impatient. Impatient with circumstances, with people and with God. And when God gets someone like me to deal with, then you can bet your bottom dollar that he is going to give me some extra tuition in this whole area of patience. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You see, I don't get why the guy driving in the car in front of me, sensing that the light is going to change in just a few seconds, doesn't put his foot down just that little bit so that he and I can both cross over the white line before the light turns orange. Now, I'm not asking him to speed. I just want him to think about my time that he's wasting and just nudge the accelerator pedal just that little bit. And when he doesn't do that, I simply don't get that. And what I really, really, really want to do is to express my displeasure by slamming down on the horn long and loud. And there are many times, irrespective of the makeup of our personality, when we don't get why God has to delay things, or if it's not him delaying them, why he just doesn't crash through it for us and make it happen, whatever it happens to be. And can I tell you, the most difficult time to be patient is when you're hurting, when you're experiencing pain. I mean, even I have learned to be patient when I'm not in pain. All I have to do is to give up the plans I had for the time that, from my perspective, is now going to waste because of whatever delay I happen to be facing. It's not easy. It still isn't that easy. But I can learn that. What's really hard, though, is to be patient when you're suffering in a difficult relationship, perhaps, or under a difficult boss at work or, or through ill health. I mean, ill health is really tough because when you're in real physical pain compounded by mental anguish, patience, well, it ain't that easy to come by. So let me ask you, exactly what is patience? Well, my dictionary tells me that it's the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. That's a pretty good definition, don't you think? Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. You see, this quality of patience, this issue of depth of character, is not something we seem to place all that much value on in a world that expects overnight success and instant gratification. But you and I know that it's really, really important because when the chips are down, when, when things are stacked against us, when our plans are thwarted, when we're suffering pain or loss... Unless we have the capacity to tolerate those without becoming annoyed or anxious, then we're going to become, well, annoyed or anxious or even worse. We start behaving badly. We start doing stupid things. We start hurting other people, damaging relationships and pretty much ruining our lives. You've been there. I've been there. So how do we get patience? How do we learn patience when we're in that cauldron of delay and suffering? I want to share with you today a scripture that is jam-packed full of incredible wisdom. These three verses punch way above their weight. Are you ready? Psalm 37, verses 7 to 9. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For the wicked shall be cut off. 
but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. Do you want to know how to get patience? Well, there it is. First, be still. Stop flapping around like a chicken with its head cut off. Stop complaining. Stop sobbing. Stop carrying on. Just shut up for a minute and be still and wait patiently for God. The original Hebrew word for waiting used there literally talks of a woman in labour suffering the pain but waiting, pushing, believing that the child is about to be born. It's a great picture, isn't it, for what we're going through when we're suffering. So stop screaming, stop yelling, wait without fretting. Stop looking at all those evil people over there who seem to be prospering and forget your anger and your desire to take vengeance because if you spend your time thinking about revenge... If you keep fretting over your dilemma, it's going to only lead you to evil. You're going to do something bad or stupid. Because here's the promise. Those who wait, a different word now used here for wait in verse 9, it means to wait expectantly on the Lord, to expect him to do something good. The promise is that those who wait expectantly on God, expecting him to act, will, will inherit the land, the promised land, the promises of God. I told you, these few verses punch way above their weight. Grab a Bible and spend some time in them. Think about them, pray about them, and then start living them. Psalm 37, verses 7 to 9. When we're suffering, when we're delayed, when things have gone awry, thrashing around, complaining, behaving badly, exacting revenge, none of those things are going to do you any good. They're only going to lead you to evil, and God cuts the wicked off. But choosing in that difficult place instead to wait expectantly on God, to put your trust in him, even though you're going through great pains, that is the one thing that will help you lay hold of God's promises. Let me tell you, God is going to keep you there and God is going to bring you back to that place again and again and again until you learn that lesson because he wants you to trust him through every difficult circumstance. You know something? If I never hear the term character building again, it'll be too soon. Let me tell you why. When I was a young man between the ages of 17 and 21, I spent four years training to be an officer in the Australian Army at the Royal Military College Duntroon. It's the Australian version of America's West Point and and Britain's Sandhurst. Now, it sounds just a tad glamorous, doesn't it? And, And certainly, that's how the recruiting brochures portrayed it. Those four years, though, were without a doubt the four toughest years of my life. Over 7,500 young men applied. 147 were accepted and only 61 of us graduated. It's a pretty severe attrition rate. And the reason was that it was brutally difficult. We all studied a university degree while undertaking military training. It was a punishing seven-day-a-week schedule, intellectually, physically and emotionally punishing. And each time we were going through the next incredibly difficult thing, the next nine-mile run in full pack with rifle, the the next survival exercise, climbing over steep mountains without any food, the next drill sergeant screaming in our face, someone would mutter under their breath, character building. Everyone else would just snigger grimly. My point is, character building is always painful and difficult. As I said before the break, you don't have your character developed while you're sitting on the beach on a nice holiday sipping a pina colada. 
Your character is only ever tested and refined and developed through the difficult times. And thinking back to those brutal four years at Duntroon, everything we went through was about developing our character so that if we were ever called upon, we would have the capacity to lead soldiers into war, into battle with bullets flying and, and bombs going off. Each one of those exercises were truly character-building exercises to weed out those who couldn't make it and to develop those who could. And that's the business that God is in, developing our character, yours and mine, through deliberately planned trials. Some people find that a tad confronting, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches us. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our suffering, because we know that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope never disappoints us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Now, that's a very interesting passage. It starts off by declaring the good news of Jesus, that we're saved by faith, that in Jesus we have obtained the grace that brings us peace with God, and we're right to boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Man, that's really good news. And then comes the segue from God's grace to our suffering. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Can I ask you something? How often have you boasted in your suffering? When was the last time you boasted to your family or to your friends about the suffering that you were going through right at that minute? It's almost as though the Apostle Paul, who's writing this letter to the church in Rome, is truly boasting in his suffering, which actually he does over and over again in the various letters that he wrote that are now part of the New Testament, the Bible, God's very own word. So why does he boast in his suffering? Well, to him it's absolutely obvious. It's because he knows that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and that hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. Paul knew that through his suffering, God was developing his character. And when God develops your character, it invariably hurts, especially at the beginning. I can't tell you the pain that I remember from those days at Duntroon. They say you can't remember pain. Well, perhaps they have never been through military training. Every muscle in my body ached. I was so tired, I wanted to drop. And then we'd march another 50 miles through the mountains without food or sleep. I tell you, I wouldn't do it again for $10 million. That's how hard it was. It's interesting every now and then, a few of us old classmates get together and we have dinner and we remember the good old days and just generally have a good time. And in each of those guys, older and greyer and many of them somewhat pudgier than they were back as young men, I see men of character, a depth of character I can see in each one of them. You, you can't put a price on that. See, God is interested in your heart. He's interested in building your character. And that's a really blessed thing. Character building exercises, each one planned specifically for you. Each one designed, handcrafted to develop you into the person that God made you to be. When Samuel was sent to choose the next king of Israel, who turned out to be King David, but who back then was just a teenager, 
God said to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, Do not look on his outward appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And in each fiery trial, each character-building exercise that you go through, that's what God's interested in. God's interested in your heart. So there's the theory lesson, if you will. But now it's time to apply it to your life. What character-building exercises does God have you in the middle of just at the moment? Is it a temptation that's testing you? Is it a relationship that's causing you pain? Is it something you've been longing for and God seems to be delaying his answer? What is it in your life at the moment? The one thing that's causing you grief, pain and distress. Because it's that one thing that I believe God wants you to apply his word to today. To take that scripture from Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 5 and apply it to your trial. I'm going to read it again in a minute. And as I do, let the words sink into your trial, your pain, your distress, your longing, your disappointment. Because as you do, God is going to breathe his Holy Spirit into you. As you do, God is going to strengthen your weak knees. He's going to put resolve in your heart. He's going to breathe meaning into your suffering. And in doing all of that, I believe he is going to develop your character and move you closer to being all that he created you to be. Are you ready? Here it is, God speaking directly into your suffering through his word. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Look, since you have been justified by faith, you now have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom you have obtained access to this grace in which you now stand. And you can boast in your hope of sharing the glory of God. But not only that, You should also boast in your sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and that hope is never going to disappoint you, because God's love has been poured into your heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to you. May the Word of God transform you today, and may you be filled with a resolve to honour God through your trials and to serve others with his love until Jesus comes again. Just before we go, I'd like to tell you about a free gift that we'd love to send you to help you experience the power of God more and more in your life. Each month, Bernie writes a new life application booklet around the sorts of issues that we all deal with in life. It's designed to take you deeper into God's Word and then to help you live out what you've discovered. It's about helping you experience God's love and power in your faith walk. To request the latest e-booklet, visit ChristianityWorks.org and you'll see that free offer towards the top of the homepage. I'm believing that it'll be a mighty blessing to you. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.org. I'm Jennifer. You've been listening to Christianity Works with Bernie Dimet, and we'll catch you again next time.